Welcome to another episode of the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and each week on this podcast, I talk to some of the most fascinating people on the planet in all areas of life, from mindset to fitness to spirituality, and of course, business. Look, I believe you deserve success in all the areas of your life, not only business. But before we get into today's show, you may want to join us on our next Work Hard, Play Hard experience. This year, we're going to be going to Mykonos and Marrakesh. In these experiences, I have hand-selected a group of high-performing business people who are seeking more balance, connection, and they want to celebrate their wins as a reward for the hard work that they put in. If you want someone to curate once-in-a-lifetime experiences and force you to play more, rush over to workhardplayhardexperience.com. Fill out an application so we can jump on a discovery call to see if this is a good fit for you. And remember, excuses are over. It's time to live. I feel that the daily interactions that you have in Italy constantly remind you of what really matters in life in a way that I wasn't feeling from the, the interactions I was having frequently in the US. I talk about art and history and I stand in front of like the masterpieces of Western art for work. <laughs> Why would I be leaving this? <laughs> I hear a lot of times, you know, people saying, I wish I could move to Italy, I wanna to move to Italy. And, and I guess the first thing is, is it that you actually want to move to Italy or do you want to escape where you are right now? What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Work Hard, Play Hard show. Today on the show is writer Lauren Moat. She's the writer and editor of Open Doors Review, as well as the owner of Unlock Italy. So in our series, our continuing series of moving to Italy, I had to have Lauren on the show. Lauren's from Menlo Park, California. We talked all things Italy. We talked about what it's like moving from America to living in Italy, the ups the downsides, and everything in between. So if you are considering making a move in your life, whether it's to Italy or anywhere else, or this pandemic, these riots, these crazy times that we're living in are causing you to rethink your life, this episode is gonna give you some triggers, some some ideas, some, um, some possibility that you can put out into the universe that you may be able to try something different than you're currently doing. So. Without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with Lauren Moat. Lauren, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. I am super excited to have you on the show. And you're probably saying, who is this guy? Why is why me? I'm just I'm just a nice girl from Menlo Park in California, living my life in Italy. Well, why why is he bothering me? Why does he want me on this show? Well, why why at, at five o'clock at night do I have to do this on a Friday night? Well, we're gonna get into <laughs> we're gonna get into all of uh, all of that in a second. So I'm super excited to have you on the show today because I'm doing a series. We have been, as you well know, coming from California and being close to America, you well know that we have been in some really crazy times here. And uh, a lot of people are thinking 
of all sorts of resets, things that um, they dreamt about, they didn't do. They're recognizing that tomorrow is is not promised, and um, the the uh, the container, let's call it, of living in America in the way that they saw it is no longer the same. And I really think that as an expat uh, living in Italy, you can offer some of our American listeners who are going through some tough times, whether it's you know witnessing the storming of the Capitol, riots in the streets, or mm-hmm. uh, or, or anything else, maybe some perspective. So that's the reason why I wanted you on the show. And there are a lot of expats to choose from, and you're the one I chose because uh, I have a I have a fondness for Italy, which we can get into. But really, the work that you're doing is uh, is really stellar in that area. So, okay, that's the that's the background. Let's let's start from the beginning. What's a girl from Menlo Park, California, uh, with perfect weather and beaches? I mean. Look, we're in. We, I live in LA right now, so yeah. it is a little bit of communist China here uh, for a lot of reasons. <laughs> but but you can't, you know, it, as the song goes, I wish they can all be California girls. Nobody says I wish they can, you know, all be New Jersey girls. There's a reason. <laughs> there's a reason why, right? So California is beautiful. But what's a nice girl like you doing living in Livorno, Italy? Well, this is a, a question I get all the time from Italians. Um, you know, a lot of the times. Americans think, oh, Italy's so incredible. And then, you know, you're here and Italians are are looking at you going, what is wrong with you? Why did you leave the U.S. in general? And then when I say I'm from California, they're just basically horrified um, that I left. <laughs> but I guess the grass is always greener on the other side. Um, I originally came to uh, Rome for a uh, study abroad semester. And I kind of chose... Italy a little bit randomly. Um, it was it was between Italy and Ghana of all places. I don't know. It came down to those two. Ghana, and, Ghana, yeah, yeah. You know uh, the normal uh, choice. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, it, I, a, <laughs> uh, I'm going to make a bad joke about Ghana. I, I can't because somebody <laughs> listening is from Ghana, and I should have no business talking bad about Ghana. So continue. <laughs> well, I decided on Italy because. Um, because I, I had always wanted to learn Italian. My college didn't have Italian courses and I loved art history. And I thought, okay, a semester in Italy, let's do this. And I fell in love with Rome in a way that I absolutely was not expecting. The same way that you fall in love with the person where you can kind of explain some of it, but you can't explain all of it. And, and I just knew I needed to come back for a little bit of time. So my, you know, great scheme was that I would come back for one year. Post-graduation, I graduated from university and I came to Italy for one year. And now that's been over 10 years because every single year was just not quite enough. I just felt like I needed to stay a little bit longer each time. And now I've, I've, uh, I've ended up in, in Livorno in Tuscany and it feels kind of like California actually. So I feel like I've kind of come full circle in a, in a weird way. All right, so let's stick a pin in that. And I, by the way, I, I'm I'm so impressed that you can roll your R's like that because <laughs> you didn't you didn't learn that in Menlo, you know, you, you didn't learn that in California. So the fact that you can go Livorno is just beautiful. <laughs> so let's rewind a little bit. I don't want to go too fast here. You around 2010, take me back to Tacoma in Washington, where you were studying to be a writer. That's where you were doing your study abroad program. Paint a picture for me of 
what that part of your life felt like for you at that time? Well, I was in college and uh, I'd always known I was going to go to college and, and uh, you know, I sort of had, you know, schooling is kind of set up for you. You're, you're going from one school to the next. You're going to go to university. You're going to graduate. And then what are you going to do? Is it going to be a master's degree? Are you going to get a, an internship? And I was sort of looking at the future uh, post-college and thinking, I'm not liking uh, what I see here. <laughs> you know, as you said, I studied uh, literature because I've always been passionate about writing. And, you know, when you tell people I want to be a writer, they kind of go, oh, okay, you know, you're going to be a millionaire this way. And you're like, well, yeah, I didn't say I wanted to be a millionaire. I said I wanted to be a writer. I want to be a writer, there, yeah. Yeah, there wasn't really a place for that idea. And um, of course, you can make your your way in the US. You do not have to leave it to, to make these dreams come true. But I did not feel personally that I could. And so I think there was a combination of of not really wanting to stay in a place where I felt kind of trapped by um, by the expectations of, I mean, I'm going to say society, which sounds so broad, but it's in all the little conversations you have with people that are, um, so, you know, what job are you doing? How does that help your CV? Oh, so you want to go into this as a career. You know, everything around you is pushing you towards Aren't you climbing the ladder? Or and if you're not, uh, why? You know what's wrong with you? What are you doing? And I just kind of wanted to escape that and be somewhere else. And then I happened to, you know, be in Italy in a little bit of a in a random way for my study abroad program, and just felt this connection to the country that I really wasn't expecting. And All I right, thought, so, you so, know, so, I'll go there. <laughs> okay, so now now you not only do you have the connection to the country, but as as um, as many uh, as many stories have, there was also a boy that was involved, right? So now you got an attraction to the country, you got an attraction to the boy, and one would figure that, uh, and this is a, a judgment on my part, that you know you, you go there, you're involved in the relationship, relationship doesn't work, it's over. You might think, well, you know, it was, it was fun while it lasted. You know, I love the Coliseum and, and, and cappuccinos in the morning, but uh, I got to get back to real life. The boy's over. This, this dream is, is, is done. But that's not what happened. What happened was you said, I can't leave. Why? I felt if I left, I would have failed. Mm, regret, um, regret. Yeah. Yeah, there was there was more I needed to do in Italy. And again, at the end of every year, it was like just one more year and then I'm going back. Just one more because I need to have this feeling. You know, I couldn't, um, to myself, I really couldn't have this breakup that I had at year two, I guess, uh, with my, you know, first Italian boyfriend. If I had just left at that time, it would have been, you know, you broke up and you never really made it work there. And then you left and I couldn't really live with that afterwards. Um, and I didn't have any great thing to come back to. There was still the book to write, you know, in my, in my mind, it was like, you know, I don't, I don't want to get back there and I don't want to get into that job routine that I see all of my, you know, friends that we're, we're getting into. And, uh, and so, you know, e each time was a decision just to stay a tiny bit longer. And that was the same 
there almost seems to me, and I don't want to put uh, words in your mouth, but it almost seems to me like it's even for a writer who is very good with words, it almost feels like you don't have the words to quite explain your passion and your love for your adopted country. Is that right? Yes, I would absolutely say that's right. And that I have this conversation a lot with uh, with other Americans that have moved here or just other foreigners that have moved here. And I don't think any of us can really explain it. And we sort of say things like, is beauty enough? Uh, are we insane? You know, what have we done? <laughs> Why have we done decided to come here actually is it really just because Italy is so beautiful? And uh, it, it's it's not clear. It's not, um, you know, I started the, the sort of this blog to try to uh, answer that question for myself because I kept getting that question over and over. Why did you move? And it's not uh, fully, fully clear, I think, because a lot of it is emotional. For sure. You know, I was, um, I, I'm sure as a writer, you're familiar with Francis Mays. And, mm. you know, she just did an interview and I'm going to read something to you and I'd love your take on it. She, she literally just spit this out of her mouth. Do you know, um, do you know David Bach? No. Okay. So David Bach wrote a book. Um, uh, he's an American author who wrote a book, um, Automatic Millionaire. And he just moved to Florence. He's a pretty famous author, like New York Times bestseller five mm. times. Um, and he just moved to Florence. And so he is, you know, he's been there for about a year and a half. Obviously he moved during COVID. That's not fun. Um, but he asked, he, yeah, he asked, Flor he asked uh, Francis about um, living in Italy and her, and her, this was her answer. I think one reason people come to Italy is to reset. There's something in the scale of life here that is just different from anywhere else I've ever been. There's a kind of human scale. When you go into the store, making conversation with people, you actually feel that you've almost made a friend. When you come out of the bookstore or any shop, contact here is human. It's personal. People are interested in you. They look you in the eye. There's an intimacy to life here that I just don't experience anywhere else. And I think it renews your sense of life. I think that's secretly why people respond so profoundly to Italy. It makes them feel reconnected with their own lives because the scale of the human interaction is so intimate. Now she spit that out in an interview that I literally had my assistant transcribe for me because I wanted to read it to you to ask you what your take on that was. I absolutely agree with that. I feel that the daily interactions that you have in Italy constantly remind you of what really matters in life in a way that I wasn't feeling from the, the interactions I was having frequently in the U.S. So like I was mentioning uh, earlier that uh, the questions were always, how does this help your career? How is this helping you climb the ladder to success? Um, in Italy, it's like, what is that ladder? You know, it's up to you. Do you feel happy? That's the ladder. You know, he, here, if you say, oh, I'm so tired because I, I worked so much this week. The answer isn't, I worked more. That's what maybe someone in the U.S. might say frequently um, to, to completely generalize. But, but here it's, uh, why did you do that to yourself? That's not a good idea. You need to take a break. And 
you're constantly reminded of what what really is important, slowing down, enjoying things, enjoying small things, you know, incredible food, family, friends, community, the sunshine. I mean, it sounds so so silly kind of to say, but it's it's reinforced by all of these small things around you just from getting, you know, a coffee in the bar and you talk to your local bar guy every day, the bar being a cafe. I know. I knew what you meant, but the first time I heard it, I was very confused. I was like, this girl's going out and get, doing shots at 8 a.m. No, it's a, the, exactly. the, bar in, the bar in Italy is a cafe. It's a cafe. Um, you know, it, it, it's not silly. And, and I think that I think that this is precisely why I wanted to have you on because people right now are, they're reevaluating everything. You know, if I go out to dinner as an American, the first cocktail party dinner, first thing they're going to say, what does you do? What do you do for a living? They're going to judge the car I drive, the house I live in. Um, they're going to make a quick assessment of how much money I have, um, et cetera, particularly, you know, guys for sure. But there is, there is something there is something in Italy, and perhaps it's you know I was at a I was at a bar in Florence one night. Um, we were up late, me and a buddy of mine, and uh, the bartender was listening to the two of us uh, talk, and we were talking about living in Italy, and and so he you know he chimed in, and so you know after the third Negroni, you know we were all you know just saying whatever whatever we wanted to say, and he said in his broken Italian accent, he said, "You, you Americans are like Britney Spears," and I said, "Britney Spears." Why? Why Britney what Spears? Of her face. <laughs> right. Right. Exa- exactly. I said, "Why? Why Britney Spears?" He said, "Because you're like a you're like a dumb teenager. You know, you're just you just don't know what you don't know yet." And he said, "We've you know until you have a until you've had a tank roll through your streets for war, until the Nazis come in, until you know if you you know you had nine eleven, but short of that." You don't have anything. We're 2000 years old. You're 200 years old. So you're babies. And it, for whatever the reason is, it really stuck with me that there is a, there's something genetically that is passed down through generations of what's important. And mm-hmm. I think that Americans right now are searching for that. In fact, I know that this is the case because we are at an all-time high of people leaving America. Like for the first time in the history of America, right mm-hmm. now we're at this you know all-time high. So, okay. Do you long for being back in the States or do you feel that now at this point, this is your last stop or, or you just don't know? Well, uh, I kind of always felt that I didn't want to go to go back. Um, it was always kind of a, you know, at the beginning it was, you know, I'm just going to be here for a while and I'm going to go back. But it, I always was pushing that off uh, and putting that off. And after uh, a number of years, I kind of realized, no, you know, I, I live here now. If I'm going to go somewhere else, uh, it wouldn't be back to the States. But I feel at the at the moment that Italy is is my is my home now, you know, and I still feel, you know, I'm always going to be an outsider here because I'm always going to be pronouncing something wrong or not getting the right word or just coming from a different kind of mental space than the than the native Italians. But for now, you know, I'm in Livorno. I'm with an incredible uh, partner and I've found kind of a dream job uh, as a tour guide. So you know, a lot of the times uh, in the in recent years, 
guests uh, on my tours would ask me, you know, like, okay, so when are you getting back to real life? Because I could see some of them were like very kind of concerned, like, okay, when are you coming back like to the fold? You know, like, okay, this is all nice, but just, you know. And, uh, and I was like, but I talk about art and history and I stand in front of like the masterpieces of Western art for work. <laughs> Why would I be leaving this? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You know, well, listen, our our preconceived notions about what it's like living abroad is so poor. I remember I went with my wife, we were in Italy and she was pregnant. And I remember my mom freaking out. She's like, what if something happens? I'm like, mom, they've been having babies for (laughs) 2,000 years. They've got many methods. (laughs) Like, what are you talking? Like, we have this like view that, you know, it's, it's so, it's so bizarre. Okay. So I want to hit some low hanging fruit questions that I know people are going to want to know. And, and, and forgive me for asking these because you've been asked uh, 10 billion times, but I'll, I'll try and see if I can get creative in in how I ask them. Um, You decided that you wanted to leave Rome and you moved to a seaside town in Tuscany, which I didn't know existed. And I feel like an idiot because I, I mean, I understand maps, but I just did not understand that the sea actually borders Tuscany as well. And as you, as yeah, you mentioned- Yeah, because Tuscany is like rolling hills, Chianti, Florence, and people don't even realize that there's a there's a coastline. Yeah. Yeah, we, we think of we think of Francis Mays under the Tuscan sun, yeah. rolling hills, and you know, those those trees. What are they called? Yeah, Cypress? The cypresses, so, yeah. Right. But that's not where you are. Or if they think of water, they may think of Puglia, they may think of the Amalfi Coast but they definitely don't think of Tuscany, including Mm -hmm. me. What is it, maybe you can describe, because you have the reference of California, and now you have the reference of of Livorno. What What is a seaside town like in Tuscany? Well, the first word that comes to mind is chill. You know, especially coming from Rome, where, um, you know, I absolutely love Rome, but it is... A, a huge city, you know, it's chaotic, it's crazy. Sure. Everyone is frustrated um, because they can't get anywhere on time because there's another strike and blah, blah, blah. And so you come to to somewhere like Livorno and everyone's just like the nicest, most relaxed people. And um, I'm in Livorno specifically because my partner Luca is from Livorno. So he's, uh, he's Livornese. And so originally I was like, you know, I, I want to be in Florence I'm not sure about Livorno. And, and so we actually were planning to have an apartment in Livorno uh, and one in Florence so that we could kind of go back and forth for work. And, uh, you know, then the whole pandemic thing happened and we had to give up the Florence apartment. And the silver lining of that was that I got to really experience Livorno this year because we weren't working at all. And all we were doing was going out every day to Livorno and, you know, people will people are just dying to get into the sea here. And there's not a beach in Livorno. So there's not like, you know, big sandy stretches, but there's these beautiful rocks that just go into the water and people are just like clinging and perched onto all of the rocks and swimming. And the food is incredible. And I'm like, okay, this is completely paradise. And there's no tourists here. There's like not even a tourist vibe. There's no souvenir shops. There's just Livornese. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Which is great. If if Luca wasn't Livornese, 
and you had to do it again, would you do Florence or would you have chosen something like Livorno? I would have chosen Florence, but I would have been wrong. <laughs> if that makes sense. Because I was sort of like, I don't know Livorno. You know, I haven't heard of it. Like, a, you know, but we'll just be here for a little bit. And because I was forced to stay here, um, you know, I didn't dislike it or anything, but I just wasn't, uh, I wasn't sure about it because I hadn't ever read anything about it or, or I didn't know anything about it. I hadn't visited it before really without him. And so I'm really grateful that I was kind of made to experience Livorno because I, I never would have found this incredible place um, because I would have just gone straight to to Florence. That is much more well-known, of course. Um, but I feel Florence is, uh, it's harder to find that authentic local feeling there because so many visitors come and so many visitors come to Rome, but Rome is bigger and Florence is so small that uh, the whole city center is kind of like part museum, part shopping center, you know, the most beautiful place ever, of course. Mm. <laughs> but, um, but I'm, I'm liking here the, uh, the people for sure. It, do you, do you believe you, you can't actually answer this with any level of authority, but do you believe that you were guided in this whole journey from a spiritual standpoint, or do you feel that this was a very intellectual decision? Because what, as I'm listening to you, mm. I almost feel like you were thrown into a river and you were just like, you're just going down a river and like you're, you're grabbing onto the rocks, but that, that shit's moving. Is that kind of yeah. how you see it as well? <laughs> well, um, I guess I kind of, I guess this is a question I, I ask myself frequently. So, it's, so I don't exactly have an answer, but I, I, I'm not sure if things happen for, uh, I'm already doubting myself. I was going to say, I'm not sure if things happen for a reason, but after the fact, they feel like they do. So, so maybe, maybe they do. Yeah, maybe well, there listen, is something pushing me in a certain direction that I didn't want to go. I mean, here's something. I, I often feel that exactly the thing I'm afraid of and that I don't want to face, I am forced to face exactly that thing. Not something similar to it, but exactly that thing. Um, I always said I would never learn a foreign language. <laughs> I mean, and here I am. I didn't want uh, I didn't want to have kids, and my my partner Luca has a daughter. So now I you know she's not my daughter, but she's she's in my life. So now a child is in my life in a way that I never would have have expected. I never would have thought I would be a tour guide because I'm someone who's uh, you know was actually so shy that it was like almost impossible for me to speak to other people, especially in high school. I would just kind of my throat would just close. I couldn't even talk because I was so scared. And now I you know, speak to hundreds of people a year <laughs> for a living because I was kind of forced to do exactly that scary thing that made me grow. Well, you'll be speaking to millions now with this podcast. So that's, uh, that, that things have changed quite a bit for you. I'm going to give you my particular circumstance and I'd love your, I'd love your take on it. And I think we could do something, you know, sort of like in a real life, maybe even coaching way for people that are on the fence, um, you know, about situations. So 
I'm living in uh, in Los Angeles in Hermosa Beach. And, you know, it was a dream for me. Uh, I spent the last 25 years in Atlanta and I just, I wanted to get out of hazy, hot, humid weather. And I wanted to go into Southern California weather. So got out here. I was a chiropractor for 25 years and I retired. And after I retired, I moved, not moved, I spent four months living in Florence. And it was it was magical. And our plan was to pack everything up in Atlanta. We did put it in storage and fly to Florence. Spend four months there. From Florence, find a place in Hermosa Beach, and then move from Florence to here, which we did. Mm-hmm. And so we've been here now for a year. COVID hit, and you know uh, everything's on lockdown. But thank God the beaches are open. And so I'm spending my days now in, if I look outside, it's 72 degrees, you know, sunny, blue skies, it's perfect. And this afternoon, I'm going to go surfing. So I'm living the exact lifestyle that I wanted to live. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem. <laughs> There's a but. Here, here's the problem. <laughs> the problem is that when I get, in my particular case, when I get outside of the concept of 72 degrees, sunny beaches, surfing, and a lot of freaking Mexican food that cost me $200 every time I go out for Mexican food. That's right. There, there, <laughs> there isn't, well, it is, except it's kind of all there is. Um, yeah. So after, after doing this every day, one would look at me and go, dude, what are you complaining about? Like you're living at the beach, you're surfing, it's perfect weather, it's easy. And yet there has been a calling. We have a six-year-old daughter. There has been a calling. When we were in Florence, we visited the International School of Florence there, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Mm. And it's a, it's a magnificent villa in Tuscany. And all these international kids are there. And so I'm like, do I want to put myself in a situation to move into the insanity of the bureaucracy of, of Italy? And have to like, like the thought of taking a driver's test, which I know you just recently oh, did. Oh gosh, yes. Sounds so, it sounds like I'd rather <laughs> stick a needle in my eye because they don't allow you to keep your, you, they don't allow you yeah. to keep your driver's license. Yeah, so I look start at, from zero. I was, um, my wife and I've been married 15 years, but we got married in uh, Positano, Positano by the mayor, ironically, of Positano, which by the way, I thought was really fancy until I found out that after he married me, he went and became a, who that evening, he was a waiter in the, uh, in the restaurant. Uh, so that's how impressed I was. <laughs> a little bit of everything. Uh, no. uh, he, uh, yeah. Always a, little, a hustle, the, even as the mayor. <laughs> always a hustle, even as the mayor. Um, but what we had to do to get married you, you got to yeah. get the Marco de Bolo. You got to, it, it, it was like the, it was the amazing yeah. race running around Naples. And, and, so, yeah, and in Naples, like I can't even imagine. And, and, and in Naples. So when I look at all of this and I say, why am I putting myself through this? And yet I cannot get it out of my head. And every single time I watch a new special on TV. Like uh, I'm sure you've seen Stanley Tucci's uh, Italian special on CNN. Every time I see it, there is a piece of me that is screaming to get back. So I'll I'll, I'll wrap this part of it with this. A friend of mine who's a coach, he's a great coach. He said, I explained to him the story I just explained to you. He said, okay, so here's what I would ask you. I'm going to ask you uh, a, a, a coaching legacy question. And I was like, okay, if you had two years left to live, 
would you live where you're living now or would you live in Florence? And it was easy. And I would say it'd be Florence. There's no question about it. So what advice do you have to this knucklehead here to try and figure out what the hell to do with his life and his family? What would you tell him? Well, I hear a lot of times, you know, people saying, I wish I could move to Italy. I want to move to Italy. And, and I guess the first thing is, is it that you actually want to move to Italy or do you want to escape where you are right now? And as you've just described, where you are right now is also paradise. So, you know, you're not, <laughs> you're not exactly choosing between, um, you know, staying in your, your small town, wherever, uh, and, and, no. and Italy. Um, no. And of it's course, the, you know, I'm not on the in the cornfield in Nebraska. <laughs> right? I'm, living, like, I'm, I'm living a I'm living a dream life, but but the but it's it's uh, it's it's like full stop. It's surfing, sun, beaches, easy, and it's over. Mm-hmm. When I was in Florence, it was let's go to this wine bar, let's look at the Duomo, let's go to t- like it was let's go to a truffle festival, and you know, like it, yeah. it was never ending depth. Yes. Yes. And I feel when you're, when you, I, I, this is, I'm sure true if you uh, leave your home country and go anywhere, but you are constantly, constantly challenged by the bureaucracy, the language, but you are constantly learning because of that. And that mm. learning makes you feel more alive than, than, than you would otherwise, I guess. Mm. So, um, I feel you're you're constantly growing. Things are constantly changing here because you have to learn a million tiny things every single day. Like when are you supposed to eat that food? And whatever you do, someone is going to pop, some grandma is going to pop out from the corner and be like, oh my God, what are you doing? You're going to die. And you're like, why would I die doing this? You know, like the first year, just every time I, I never owned a blow dryer, I never dried my hair. Um, that is like instant death in Italy. If you don't dry your hair, you're obviously about to die any second because the cold Pneumonia. will touch you, you know, instant, instant. So I was always going out with wet hair and people were actually stopping me in the street and being like, are you okay? <laughs> like old women especially were just so concerned for me. So, you know, whatever you do, it's going to be kind of wrong. So that can be, get you really down certain days. You know, you're having a bad day. You're just trying to like get to the end of it and not make a mess. And someone's like, you know what? You pronounce that word wrong and you just want to kill that person, you know? But, but then, you know, the next day you go out and you say that word right. And someone says, wow, you have such a good pronunciation. And you're like, I am the king of the entire that is world. so good. That is such a <laughs> great thing. I love that. And, and I got to talk to you about the, the, uh, the, the neck thing. They, they can't yes. have their neck. I'm, I go to Greece uh, every year for uh, for a month. I go to Mykonos. And um, you could spot the Italians because when they're on scooters <laughs> in 90 degrees, yes. they look like Fellini wrapped yes. around with, with... By the way, I don't know how they do the scarf. It's it's It, it looks like uh, origami. I, I don't know how they <laughs> do it the way they do it, but it's... It's they're wrapped like a cake. It's, it's yes. It's not it's absolutely, one bit of air will touch your skin. You know because because you'll die. You know you're going to die. You'll get very ill and possibly die. Every you know, and you ask children, and they're every child is like my friend's cousin's friend's sister died, and you're like died. No, they it was did. really bad. You know? Listen, <laughs> they did not. You th- Listen, you think COVID is going to kill you? You try and not wear a scarf today. You're going to die. <laughs> you're gonna die. They're more concerned by the cold the hit of air. 
if you don't. Oh my God. That is so funny. Um, Okay. You miss coffee, bacon, and eggs. Um, (laughs) What are some other things other than uh, your your standard American? By the way, if you had it, uh, you know, three days in a row, you'd puke and you'd never do it again because you've you've changed you've changed your whole constitution. Now, I'll tell you, when I was in Florence for four months, lost fifteen pounds. I ate my ass off. I came back to America. I blew up in a month and ate less. What the hell is it? Fresh food. Yes. This is exactly what happens to me. Every time I go back to visit, uh, you know, family in the US, I gain like five pounds. And then it's I come crazy. back here and I lose it all. Eating pasta, you know, and pizza. So they're, you know, okay. <laughs> the food here is, is good for you. <laughs> it, it's real food. Um, but uh, yeah, what, what was the question? Where were we? Uh, I don't. Oh, what I was baking eggs. What do you? Oh, yeah. What do you miss? What What <gasps> yeah. do you miss most about American? Well, let's 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 broaden it from breakfast. What do you <laughs> miss? Like really, truly miss? And it could be just a sweet indul. It could be like an indulgent thing. But what is the thing like? You know that you haven't reconciled living in Italy, and you still like. You know, I, I don't have that problem when I go to America, but I always have that problem. What do you? What do you miss? Well, food is a big motivator for me in general. Yep. Yep. So the thing that comes to mind first is diners. They're just, oh, they're fun. Just diners, just the little the atmosphere of diners. Yep. yep. And all that breakfast food. I love all that breakfast food. And here they have cookies for breakfast. So it's not exactly, again, a hardship. Which, but- <laughs> which, is another, which is another mind fuck because they're 82 pounds and they have breakfast. It's, it's, a, it's a sugar bomb. It's, yeah, yeah. Just sugar and is, cake and cookies. It's really, really strange. Um, okay, so you have a, a passion for writing and you have a, a passion for baking. What do you think those two things have in common? For you. Oh. Oh, I like this question. Well, it's kind of like slowly putting together little pieces to make something completely different. Um, so I think, you know, every time I write a, a story or, or anything creatively, you know, you kind of start out with, with one idea and you're putting together uh, different ideas and, and different, different uh, styles and what comes out of it is often is often different. So I guess I guess with baking, you usually know what you're going to get to at the end of the day. <laughs> Whereas with writing, you don't know. But it is about building something one piece at a time and having patience. Who's your favorite writer and who's your favorite baker? If you if you know one. Oh gosh, this is like the ultimate impossible question. Just just There's one. No, I'm, all, I'm only giving I, you yeah, exactly. one one chance. That's oh, it. God. Who's oh, who's God. the if you if I if if I had to give you one writer that you could say you get one and you have to sit with him or her and you could spend the day asking them questions and learning how to improve your writing, but you only get one, who would it be? Okay. Well, I'll go with with one from the last year because otherwise it could be dead too. <laughs> oh God. Okay. This is this is too hard, but the, the, the name that came to me was um, was Murakami, and I've I've only read one book of his, The Wind Up Bird Chronicle. But this book just blew up my brain, basically, um, because it's so um, fantastical and it's full of so many stories inside one story, 
and he just takes you to another world. You are, you are no longer in this world. You're not in any world you've ever imagined before, but it's completely real, even though kind of magical things happen. And I, I have no idea how, uh, how he's able to do it. <laughs> so I would so basically he, brain. He, he hijacks your brain when you read the book. Yeah, you just go to another dimension, I, I felt when I was reading him. Um, All right, we're going to link that up in the show notes. So you were part of a series that uh, in the research for this show I saw, um, which I think was, I, I don't remember the exact title, but it was something like How to, how to Move to Italy uh, with uh, Kylie Flavelle. Um, and she's done a great job of uh, cinematography. It's, it's probably one of the yeah, best. She's incredible. Uh, I mean, like, my God, she's just, you know, she's a one-man band, too. She's doing yeah, it all herself. Completely. Like, it's, it's pretty incredible. How did you two guys connect or girls connect? We, oh gosh, we had, like, met each other writing for the same magazine in Rome, like, in, very briefly. And then we had a, a friend in common many years later. And, and that's right, I was putting together a, a book club, actually. And she... Uh, the the friend we had in common said, "Can I also invite Kylie?" And so she came to that, and that's how we how we met. And yeah, we were pretty- in Rome at that time, and then we both ended up moving to Florence, Tuscany area, and so then we started mm-hmm. chatting more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, her it's watching watching her work through the years um, and the evolution. Um, is really quite incredible. Like, you know, where she is now, she's in a, a more of a, uh, and for those of you uh, listening, we'll link it up in the show notes. Her name is Kylie, K-Y-L-I-E Flavel, F-L-A-V-E-L-L, maybe E, in, uh, on YouTube. And uh, she is a, um, you know, she's in everything. She's a, a cinematographer, a writer, you know. There's 17 yeah. things that you'll, that you'll want to add to her name. Um, yeah, but she's just- a... She just creates pretty much now a weekly show about her and her um, relatively new-ish boyfriends uh, living in Tuscany, and now they're now they're renovating a chicken coop, um, which is really <laughs> exactly. very. I've been following. <laughs> which is really fascinating to watch. Um, I never thought I'd actually enjoy watching a chicken coop being renovated, but it's yeah, it's she quite... could make you enjoy watching like water being poured into a glass. I, I always I always feel like I'm the most uninteresting person in the world when I watch her, you know, we're, we're going to take these old shoelaces and we're going to turn them into, you know, what uh, Bernini did with like, it's just, you know, it's, right, and you're it's like, incredible. okay, that's, you know, you got to be, you got to be feeling good with yourself when you watch a Kylie video. <laughs> Um, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap with uh, a couple of questions that are going to be a little bit m- less about Italy and more about you, um, so that we can get to know you a little bit more. Because I find that when people get to know the person I'm interviewing, that's really where the connection happens, regardless of what the topic is that we're talking about. So, what's on your nightstand? A pile of books that I'm reading. Pile of books. What's a on pile. the top? Uh, underworld. <laughs> is that like a dystopian Which is thing? Huge. No, it, no, it's a. Uh, it's by. Oh my gosh! Now I'm just completely blanking on like the name. Don DeLillo, one of my favorite writers. A huge book. So I'm I'm slowly getting through through that. Little by little. Yeah. Are you thinking now in Italian, or are you still thinking in English? Thinking uh, a combination because there's certain words in in Italian that are better. Than English, <laughs> so and it's mostly you, it's mostly in English. Are you speaking Spanglish with Luca, or are you are are you guys doing one language or the other? 
we do kind of English with smatterings of Italian here and there. And then when his daughter is with us, which is half the week, uh, we speak Italian so that she's okay. not uh, feeling bad. <laughs> what do people often get wrong about you? I think I have uh, sometimes when people meet me, they mistake my shyness for arrogance because mm. I often in a group setting, I'm just kind of quiet and observing because I'm like kind of nervous and, uh, but trying not to look nervous. So probably the result is that I look kind of like I'm judging from the outside and not participating, but I'm really just like trying to try to find my place to jump in. That's such great self-awareness. I love that. What's an <laughs> unusual or absurd thing that you love? I love watching, this is really random, but we were just arguing about this the other day. I'm talking. Uh, I love watching movie trailers. <laughs> just like an hour long, just a stream of movie trailers. And then Luca will be like, please pick a freaking movie already. And I'm like, no, I just want to be in the, the pre-movie stage. <laughs> that absolutely falls squarely in the cross crosshairs of weird. <laughs> so, you, so you like the the inner world. You like that. Exactly. Because then I'm like, I'm going to watch this later. But for now, you know, I'm he, just going to watch a bunch of other, you know, beginnings. <laughs> he, di he died a few years ago. Um, the guy oh who God. does... Yeah, that guy, like in a world where Tom yeah. Cruise, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yes. that thing, he, he died a few years ago and they've never been able to do it again. Are there any positions or opinions in the last few years, or it could be way back, doesn't have to be in the last few years, that you've changed your mind substantially about where you were like, I used to feel this way, but now I feel this way? Hmm. Well, I definitely used to feel that, uh, like I, I used to think people should at least show that they're more put together than they might be. Um, you know, like I didn't want to see a lot of emotion. I mean, this is a huge change because um, I think part of, part of my uh, upbringing was kind of like, you know, keep it together, keep it inside. Let's, let's uh. be professional here. And so I kind of felt that when I saw other people getting, you know, quote unquote, too emotional. And I would be like, you know, you don't have to let all of that out. And now I am just the complete opposite. Um, obviously I'm a very emotional person if I moved to Italy. So I also had to kind of reconcile that in myself. You know, I was like, I was gonna, who I was am I say, kidding? Pick, I was going to say, you pick, you, you pick the wrong country to play that game. <laughs> right. Also like, this is not going to work. Right. And, uh, and especially learning uh, Italian, you cannot hide behind any cool subtleties in language because all you can say uh, is like, I need help with the thing, you know, <laughs> and people, you know, just to get your I, point across, you can't be like, Oh, it would be interesting if I knew how to do this. You know, you have to just say, help me people. <laughs> and, I don't, uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't really like you. I yeah, don't really right. like, like, I don't, I don't like I don't this. Have... <laughs> <laughs> this is bad. I, like, Oh, I, wow. <laughs> um, language so I'm completely opposite now uh language tricks for people is there any uh, is there any fast cuts to languages or is it just immersion oh immersion yeah unfortunately um everyone always says you know get find a find a significant other um to learn the language but if you're like me then you'll speak just english with them so you'll kind wait of a minute so that. this this means this <laughs> This means I, I leave my wife and I get an Italian girl. Is that what happens? <laughs> right. It, it also doesn't really, you know, work for everyone, as you can see. 
<laughs> Don't tell her Lauren told you to do this. I won't. Uh, All right. Uh, we're going to wrap up with some rapid fire questions. What would, what, what would your friends say is one of your superpowers? Um, I think listening with, uh, with a lot of uh, empathy and, and non-judgment. I like to get to the deep issues. And so I hear a lot of the times, you know, like, I, I know I can tell you this because you'll understand. It's good. You're a good listener. You, you, you are. Uh, do you collect anything or have you ever collected anything? I have to say I collect books. Um, shocking, you know, for a writer. But like, uh, I just, it, it's like bordering on, you know, like a, an issue. Like if I feel kind of stressed, I just need to buy a book and then I feel fine again. So the, the, the <laughs> bu- your, your building is tipping over with the volume <laughs> yeah, of books that you have. Yeah, we're just bursting with books here. They're all over. I even have books that I've left in Rome with friends that I'm like, I'm going to get these later. And they're like, whatever. <laughs> what do people never ask you, but you wish they did? Mm. <laughs> I could say to... Uh, like this is, I don't know. I don't want this to sound sad, but like <laughs> to read more fiction that I've written because, you know, I'm always working on short stories and fictional projects. And, uh, and a part of that is my fault because I don't really tell people a lot that I'm, that I'm working on them. Cause I'm like always getting them ready. Um, but I secretly, I'm just like dying to share them with, with everyone. So maybe that's not a, a problem of other people. Um, it's more me needing to, uh, to be more upfront with what I love doing. <laughs> I've interviewed many, many, many authors and they struggle with the marketing side of the book. They're really, really good at the creation side, but when it comes to promoting it, it it's such a different skill set. It just like it's it, but you gotta do yeah. the you gotta do the you gotta do the, the circuit, right? You gotta get yeah. it out there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um last question. We're gonna change things up a little bit. What one question would you like to ask me? Hmm. When are you moving to Italy? 18 months. 18 <laughs> so months. It's and, well, let For me sure. tell you let me tell you quickly um how strange this uh this whole thing is. So I'm going to I'm going to take two weird parallels. So mm-hmm. kind of like this falls into the it's a sign category. So one one Sunday morning here in in uh, in LA I was watching CBS Sunday morning and they were interviewing this guy about uh, he's a lawyer living in Florence and it was a story about how all expats are starting to move back to Italy like second generation mm-hmm. New York Italians are going back to T- Tuscany. It's just in one ear and out the other. And I thought it was an interesting piece. So during that four months that we were in Florence, a friend of mine, uh, somebody that I met there said, you know, hey, I got to introduce you to a buddy of mine. Uh, You guys would really hit it off. He's a lawyer here in Florence. Didn't think twice about it. And so we connected. We went, I went and I met him and we sat and we started talking. I said, what do you do? And he said, I'm a lawyer. I said, what kind of law do you practice? He said, well, I I help uh, people of Italian ancestry move back to Italy. And I said, oh, I just saw something about that on uh, CBS Sunday morning. He said, oh, that, that was me. The camera crew was here a couple of months ago. And I went, hold on. And so I go on YouTube, I type it in. I looked, I was like, holy shit, that is you. That is so strange. Yeah. Okay, so let, we'll stop there. Second thing is I'm doing, uh, I'm doing some research for this series, come across Kylie, come across you in the, in the interview that we discussed here. Then as I'm watching, Kylie is interviewing him. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. Now I hire him 
to become uh, my lawyer to help me get to Italy. I haven't mentioned this, but my my mother's my grandmother, uh, great grandmother, is from uh, Naples. So okay. um, the uh, my mother is Cecilia Devito. Um, so the ability for me to come there, we're working on by getting natural um, uh, citizenship. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so so all of these things are coming together in this uh, this weird uh, sort of way. So the answer is eighteen months. We have another year and a half left on this lease here. Um, we applied to the International School of Florence. We're waiting for a response. You know, we're trying to figure out how to get, you know, uh, our Peloton to Florence now. That's going to be the next thing. <laughs> Do you, you know what I mean? Like all that shit. Right. Exactly. All of the, all the details, but it's going to be amazing. I mean, I'm super, nobody super ever moves to Italy and then says, why did I do that? Why did I do this? Well, listen, Lauren, <laughs> this was, uh, this was even better than I thought it was going to be. Do you have any final uh, suggestions or an ask for people that are listening? I guess I would say, you know, you don't have to drop everything, sell all your possessions and and move to a foreign country to see if you like it. You can come for a summer. You can come for three months. <laughs> That's how long the tourist visa lasts for. And you can see is what is it about this move that is drawing me and uh, and do I want to take the next step? Do a little uh, Yeah, do a little uh, test run to see yeah. uh, kick kick, yeah. kick the tires as it yeah. were. And if well, you feel that, you know, that that like fire inside to return like you obviously feel then then that's your answer. Then go for it. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for this. We will link up everything in the show notes um, that you referenced and uh, we'll let you know when it's ready uh, to put out into the universe. Okay, great. Thank you, Rob. This has been great. And I can't wait to see you in Italy. You've got to let me know when you come. All right. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live.